I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me today is you, the Raccoon Squad, the Locked On Mavs listeners. I got three of you queued up right now to talk to you about Kristaps Porzingis, the Dallas Mavericks, your expectations, all kinds of stuff like that. So get ready for that. Some pretty good ones coming up. Matthew, Victor, and Jennifer join me. So be excited to hear from them a little bit later. Isaac is out of commission right now, as I'm sure a lot of you are. And I want to start there today. A lot of you in Dallas, hopefully you're staying safe. Hopefully by now, by the time you're listening to this, you have power back. Uh, thinking about all you guys today in Dallas and hoping that everything is is back to normal. Isaac, he'll probably explain this tomorrow when he's back on, but uh, was out of power starting at 11 a.m. on on uh, Monday. So he's his house got to like 49 degrees and he's trying to deal with it with his family. He sent me a photo of like a tent in his room and then he had uh, a fire going and all kinds of stuff set up. So hopefully they're doing okay. Hopefully you guys are doing okay out there. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit, visit rockauto.com today and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right. This is what we're going to get into today. Christos Porzingis, what is he? What's going on with him? What is his ceiling as a Dallas Maverick? I posted the question on Twitter. You can follow me at Nick Van Exit. You can also follow the show at Locked on Mavs and follow my great co-host Isaac Harris at Isaac L. Harris so you can check out all those. Check out what people said about Christos Porzingis because a lot of people have some thoughts. It seems like at least from the responses that I got. A lot of people are still optimistic that Porzingis can be an all-star, can potentially be an all-NBA player. And I posted the question saying, what is his ceiling? Because I just want to see what people think he's capable of. And maybe that's a question that he will he may never reach what he's capable of. So maybe that's kind of a disingenuous question. But I wanted to talk about Porzingis today. I wanted to get into it, so we asked the listeners, so we'll get to that in a minute. But Kristaps Porzingis this season, if you just look at his counting stats, if you look at what he's his counting stats and his shooting efficiency... Points are the same, almost almost identical. 25, 20 and a half points per game this year, 20.4 points last year. He's down one rebound a game. He's down like a half an assist a game, a half a block a game. Same exact fouls. He's shooting the same exact percentage from three, 35.2%. So decent percentage, especially a guy shooting as many threes as he does. His two-point percentage is actually up. He's shooting 55% from two-point range right now, and he shot 48% from two-point range last season. So, Kristaps Porzingis shooting better inside the two-point um, inside the two-point area. I guess it's inside the three-point area. It's the two-point the two-point area. Shooting well from two this this year, uh, especially considering a guy that takes jumpers and all kinds of stuff like that. He's not just a guy that dunks and you know finishes lobs and stuff. And 85.5% from the free throw line. That's better last year than his 80% from the free throw line. So 5.5 percentage points better than last season. So those counting stats just went over it. Basically the same guy offensively, at least from his counting stats, as he was last year, and a little bit better efficiency. The thing that's down with him is his free throw rate on offense. Last year's free throw rate, which is the percentage of, you know, uh, it's the free throws per sh- field goal attempts. So the field goal free throws attempted per field goal, you know, field goal shots. So basically how much you're getting to the line compared to the amount of times you're taking a shot. Last year, 30.4%. 
This year, 19.7%. So he's not getting fouled as much, not going to the free throw line as much. In the last game, we saw him take eight free throws and make all of them. So that's a positive, but he's not attacking as much. He's not getting to the foul line as much. That's something we've all seen with our eyes, but the numbers agree with that as well. So that's the thing that's down with him. Obviously, the big thing we've all talked about is his defense, and that's where it's way down, and that's where everybody kind of focuses on, and that's what everybody's been talking about this season and why he can't necessarily hit his ceiling this year, can't become an all-star this year, all that kind of stuff. So the defense is really concerning. If you believe in defensive box plus minus, last season on defense, he was a plus 0.1. So just barely zero, like just barely an average defender or at least a non-negative defender last season, according to defensive box plus minus. This season, negative 1.3. So he's been a negative defender so far, according to that stat. According to Cleaning the Glass, Porzingis last year, uh, what the Mavericks were almost three points per 100 possessions better on defense when he was on the floor. This season, they're almost 10 points per 100 possessions worse. So that's not a ten, that's not a seven point swing. That is a 13 point swing from the defender that he was last year to the defender that he was this year. It's not like he just has always been this bad of a defender. You know, he he was a good defender, or at least a decent defender last year. And I went on lockdown Knicks today, and uh, they they caught me early in the morning, at least early for me. And so I was I wasn't as uh, I wasn't as coherent as I am right now. But we they talked about one of the things that they thought is went early in Chris Porzingis' career. They thought that the defensive side of the ball was his strongest part. That the the offensive side was intriguing, but that his strength as a defender. And that's what made him a unicorn is that he was a guy that could step out and shoot, but he was also this this shot blocker, rim defender. He could step out in space and defend. And uh, Max Kellerman even called him like a defensive monster uh, at times. And, you know, he's on first take, so it's kind of his job to create takes. But I think he actually believed that. He's a Knicks fan, and he really wanted to believe in Christoph Porzingis and wanted to, you know, wanted to say everything, I guess, that he was good at and truthful about him. So I'm going to take his word for it on that. So it's just very strange the step back he's taken. The ways that we've seen that has been, we've seen his footwork just completely, it's almost non-existent on defense. It's strange the way that he can't stay in front of guys. It's strange the way that he can't even, he can't even front somebody. And we know that he's going to struggle with his size. We know he's going to struggle because, you know, Swolzingis didn't get another offseason to work out and gain some more strength in order to become a better post defender. We know that. But to see him this season and to see him become like a sieve on defense is just it's very, very strange. Maybe it's because of the the amount of time he had to get ready for this season. Maybe part of it is because you know, he did go through an offseason he had that, that he had a surgery. He did have to do rehab instead of getting ready for the season. Maybe it's part of that. Maybe it's because they're playing so much and so often, so frequently. He played he's now played, I think, two back to backs. I'm not really hundred percent sure what's going on there, but it is something that we we've talked about a lot, we've harped on a lot, but I wanted to put some numbers to it. So that's the big thing. So what's the fix? That that's the question, right? If Porzingis is gonna be this guy. The, the fix is either Porzingis gets better or they try to do something else because taking Porzingis out of the lineup is not going to make this Mavericks team better. It's not going to make them go from, oh, this team could potentially make the playoffs to, oh, this is a definite playoff team. This team is cooking. All of a sudden, this team is going because they're shelving Porzingis, right? They need him to reach their ceiling. I think everyone agrees with that. What they need to do 
is figure out the, the right lineup with him. And I think part of it is Maxi. I think part of it is, is figuring out Maxi. Now, last year, um, last year, on when when Porzingis and Maxi shared the court, according to Cleaning the Glass, the Mavericks had a 112.5 defensive rating, which is okay. It, it's not great. It's probably average, which is about what the Mavericks were last year, maybe a little above average than, than last season. So a, a decent that. But their offense was 130. 13.9 so not great <laughs> like that's not good for the Mavericks especially there actually I'm gonna take that back the defensive rating is terrible <laughs> 112.5 it that's decent for this season but this season's been kind of an outlier teams are are trending down defensively last for, for a defensive rating last season that would have been bad this season when Maxi and Porzingis share the floor now it's a small sample size 100 there are 307 possessions the Mavericks defensive rating when Porzingis and Maxi share the floor 124 so they're allowing 124 points per 100 possessions that's just terrible it's awful and the offense is 122.5 which is great but the the net rating then becomes negative which you you never want you never want to have a negative net rating and so they have to figure out Maxi and Porzingis sharing the court. They have to figure out that defensive scheme. Wh- who is doing what? Is it just Maxi? If Maxi gets back to regular Maxi, do all of a sudden we figure that out and it becomes uh, a positive again? Is it just Maxi getting his legs under him? If he becomes a positive plus defender again, and Maxi I don't think is right now, if he can get back to that point, does it fix the problems with Porzingis? I'm not sure that's the answer. The other thing is, can you just play Porzingis with another center? Can you play him with Willie Colley-Stein? We tried, we saw them try to do that this year. And when those two share the court, the defense rating is 101.6. Now compare that with the one with Maxi. Uh, it's a, it's even a, even a smaller sample size than the one with Maxi. But the one with Maxi this year, when Porzingis Maxi share the floor, 124 is their defensive rating. With Willie Colley-Stein, it's 101.6. That's an incredible defensive rating. However, the offense falls off a cliff. It goes from 122.5 to 103.4 when you switch out Maxi and Willie Colley-Stein. So they defend better when Willie Colley-Stein and Porzingis are on the court. At least they did in the games that they played. Their offense just completely falls off a cliff and it's just not even anything anywhere remotely close to being good. So uh, I think there's something to figuring out the role for Porzingis. Maybe you can find a way to get him to be that roaming four, like defending the defending fours instead of defending fives like they tried to do last year. That was a big focus last year. Remember, we talked a lot about Dwight can defend the fours and Porzingis can defend the fives. Maybe Porzingis needs to be that guy that roams and defends fours and has Maxi defend fives or really call it Stein defend fives. So, Something to look for. It's very interesting to see this. We're going to hear from a couple listeners and hear from Matt, Jennifer, and Victor. Lockdown Mavs listeners like yourself listening right now. Going to get their takes on the Mavs season and Chris Ops Porzingis. So stick around as we're going to talk about that. But before we do, rockauto.com. Go there. Check out the parts available for your car or truck right now. The site is super easy to use. You can just get on there, check the, check the parts available for your car or truck. You can figure out exactly what you need. Um, and it's easy. It's easier than going to a store. I mean, a lot of you are, are probably stuck in your homes right now. You don't want to drive around, but if you need something to fix your car right now, it's you, you need to get it. And so if you need to get it, go to rockauto.com. I'm going to go on right now. I'm going to look at it. There's On the left-hand side, there's a part catalog. You can go down. I have a Kia. I'm going to open the Kia. I have a 2019. I'm going to open that. And you can just figure out all the parts available for your car right there. Boom. Accessories, belt drives, 
body and lamp assembly, brake and wheel hub, cooling system, electrical, engine, exhaust, fuel and air, heating and air conditioning, uh, ignition, interior, stealing, or ste stealing, steering, suspension, wheel, wiper, and washer. Even if you need wipers, you can get them at rockauto.com. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you want to spend up to twice as much for the same prices and have to spend all the hassle to try and find them? Get them at rockauto.com. And when you see all the parts available for your car or truck, you find something you want, write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Again, write in Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Stay up to date with all the latest sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Locked On Mavs listeners, we are going to introduce Matt. Matt is going to come talk to us about the Dallas Mavericks. So here is my talk with Matt. All right, now welcome in. Our next Lockdown Mavs Raccoon Squad guest, Matthew Knope. Matthew, what you got for me? I, I got as many hot takes as you've ordered, and I got nothing but Mavs passion here in Houston, Texas. I very proudly annoy all the Rockets fans I know, and I'm just I'm thrilled to be on the pod, longtime listener. And um, yeah, I love the Mavs. That that last loss was tough, but. We're, we're still a solid team and a, and a solid stretch of this schedule, and I, I think things will turn themselves around. I'm talking to Matthew right now, and he's sitting in a darkened dorm room. He has his phone light up to his face like he, like he's telling me a scary story. Matthew, what's going on with you with power, and how are you, are you staying safe? I, I'm staying safe. Um, so I'm at the University of Houston, go Cougs, and uh, – our power went off sometime last night, probably 3 a.m., uh, Sunday night to Monday morning, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. and That's how you know, you're, that's how you know you've listened to a lot of episodes. <laughs> if you do absolutely. The, Every day. You know so exactly when, when we record and when we put it out. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my power came back on at 3. It went back off about four hours later at 7 here uh, central time. And I've been sitting in the dark for almost two hours since. But... Uh, I saw Nick's tweet and I, I said, you know what? I don't care that it's dark. I want to hop on this pod if I get the, if I got the opportunity. For sure. Well, I'll turn my lights off. We'll tell scary ghost stories to each other. All right, Matthew, what did you expect from this Maverick season? Beginning of the season, when it started, what was your expectations going in? So I actually started an account, did the Mavs win, um, just cracked 100 followers the other day. And my pinned tweet is my, my entire season predictions for every team, every round of the playoffs. Oh, I got to pull this and up. I had the Mavs finishing fifth, uh, actually just behind Portland. And I had them going 44 and 28, losing in the beating Portland in seven games and losing to the Lakers in the second round, which I would think is a success. I think it was pretty much the expectation. So you think you thought that they would be, so you're looking at this as a 44 and 28 team, and they'd be fifth in the West behind the Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Blazers. And then it'd be the Mavericks. The Jazz are the Jazz are low in this list. David Locke, my boss, would not be happy with this list. But I, I uh, underestimated them. I was down. I was down on them too at the beginning of the season. And then winning a first round playoff series. So that was your expectation going in. How have they 
How have they met or missed, or do you think they can still get to your expectations? Where are you now? Have, you, have your expectations changed? If you could change that prediction, what would it be now? So, so yeah, my, my expectations have changed, but I don't think that means that this team has failed necessarily. I think we, I, you guys have done good about, you know, raising concerns about, hey, a lot, of, a lot of our team had COVID and a lot of our team was out, and I think that's totally fair. And I think people were a little too quick to jump on the, oh, this team needs to blow it up. We got to trade KP. We got to trade fill in the blank other than Luca or, you know, get rid of Luca. He doesn't want to be here. Um, I'm only but, convinced those are other fans from other teams that just <laughs> trying to infiltrate the fan base to get them to try to trade Luca. <laughs> probably. I, so I think this team um, with, with an amazing run could, could approach, maybe not crack, but they could approach 40 wins. Um, I, I think they can still fight for that five, six seed. I think they can still fight for a first round win. Um, I, I think they are one of the best five to six teams in the West. And um, I don't, we're, we're, you called this before the season started that January would be tough. February would be a little easier. It's looking that way. I think a run is coming. I think Luca MVP talks are going to start as we get back above 500 by a few games and everything will start to calm down. To finish, to finish how you predicted, they have to finish thirty-one and thirteen. That's that's pretty tough, but they'd have to go on some kind of run. You'd have to put together some kind of ten-game win streak or something like that. They'd have to string together a couple of games. So they're not too far off from what you expected, but they're uh, yeah, they're probably not going to hit it. <laughs> I think the, the Bulls' losses and the first Hornets, you know, the first Hornets loss, rough. We we take those back, and you know, all of a sudden we're a couple games above five hundred. So. Yeah, yeah, especially the one without Luca and you know all all that kind of stuff. Um, what have you thought about KP's play this season? What is your take on him? What do you think about him as a player this this year? KP is tough because he's so one one game he's dropping thirty six on the Pelicans and then one game he's dropping eleven against the Jazz. Um, it's he he kind of frustrates the heck out of me when he's launching from thirty feet with you know, 19 on the shot clock. And then other times it, it goes in. <laughs> so it's, it's a little hard to say. I, I could tell that he wasn't fully back in terms of his legs for a few games. Um, that is no longer an excuse. And it's, it, you think it's not an excuse anymore. He should be back. He should be fully I, back. The legs shouldn't be a problem anymore. He should be back. I, yes. At, at this point. Yes. So I, I, I give him some blame. Um, not so much for the last few games, you know, well, I mean, we won most of the last few games, but that, that Utah series, that Phoenix series, that, that was, that was a pretty rough stretch for him. Very. Yeah. Ex extreme, extremely rough. Do you think that this version of Porzingis is the version we're going to get forever? This inconsistent, sometimes he drops 30, sometimes he doesn't really show up, scores 15 defense is gone. Do you think this is the version of Porzingis we're going to keep seeing forever? Or do you have, hopes that he can become all-star level Porzingis, get to another level, play defense like he has in the past. Um, the second option you just gave me is, sec is definitely possible. Um, and, and I think if he stays healthy, I hate giving my answer with, you know, an if in there, but if he stays healthy, I do think he will reach that. I am starting to have concerns about, about his legs. I know a couple of them were freak injuries and they were, they were contact injuries, which is better than just him falling on the ground. Um, but I do have concerns, and I, I think if he can stay healthy, he will be a great 
fit next to Luca. I mean, look look no more than than the Pelicans game. That was one of the one of the most fun games I've ever watched. Yeah, that that game showed I think what what he's capable of doing still on offense. The defense we're looking for it, right? Like not not really sure where it's where it is or where it's come from. What do you think is Chris Porzingis ceiling as a player? Has it changed oh. for you since the Mavericks like traded for him a couple years ago? Um, you know, my expectations for him since we traded for him have actually gone up. Um, I, that might be a hot take. It might not be. But when he was in New York, I was kind of on the on the belief that this is just, you know, he, he's putting up a bunch of big numbers and someone, you know, someone else has to make the all-star game that isn't a playoff team, right? And it was like, oh, KP's a fun pick. And I was kind of like, eh, you know, he's he's not big enough and he I think he he's shooting too much. But now... I can I, I see the defensive potential, but man, is it lacking right now? And I think I think that's I don't think it's an excuse, but it is because of his injuries. You think he could be an all star in the West ever? One or two times, not if, but when the Mavs are a one or two seed, two or three down, two or three years down the line when we're he's, competing for titles. Yes, he's going to be like a Josh Howard like yeah. all star. I'm. <laughs> I'd compare it more right? to like, the, to like that. That's the type of all-star you're talking about where he's like, you know, the guy that gets added next to a superstar. So a superstar makes it obviously. And then the team is so good that he's like the Chris Middleton, Josh Howard, you know, that other guy that, that, that makes it kind of on the, the coattails of the original star, but because the team is so good. Right. It's like that one year that Draymond made the all-star game. Like, mm. <laughs> I think he's made it a couple times, but. Uh, you, uh, you, you're lucky that Isaac isn't here. He wouldn't take the Draymond slander at all. I, I like Draymond. I do. I think he's a great fit. I just like, does he deserve to be a multiple time All Star? His defense is amazing. It's, Three years it's in a row. Defense. Yeah. Just, you know, all Star games all about offense, right? Matthew Nope. Uh, what's the map ceiling now? Do you think for for the ceiling or for the future? Their ceiling for, right sorry, right for now season? for this season. Yeah, this season. For this season, our ceiling is a five seed Sticking and with it. I, I do think that's the best we can do because the West is so deep. And I think one series win and then a very competitive second series, because if we do make that five seed, we're playing, we're playing the one seed who is probably going to be Utah or an LA team. It depends. All right, Matthew, Canope, thanks so much for joining us. And we will, uh, I guess I'll talk to you, but you won't hear, <laughs> we won't hear from Matt again. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks so much. But before we do that, betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all sports action. Football might be over, but college basketball and NHL and the NBA are in full swing right now. They even have award shows, TV shows, reality TV, all that stuff that you can bet on the line of today. Memphis versus the Pelicans tomorrow. February actually, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, February 16th, you can uh you can go bet on that right now. The line is I'm looking at that. Grizzlies are favored by one point but the money line is equal for both minus 110 for both teams so if you're looking at that and saying man grizzlies i'm, I'm thinking i'm liking the grizzlies i'm liking what they're doing john morant uh, the pelicans are kind of trending down right now if you're thinking if you're thinking grizzlies go put some money on them betonline.ag and when you do use the promo code lockdown you get a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit that's 50 percent more that you can put down on that game Go check that out. Head to the website or use your mobile device mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start, a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins on betonline.ag, listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Lockdown Mavs listeners, let's hear from Victor. Victor is up next, and then Jennifer to talk about the Dallas Mavericks and their expectations for Kristaps Porzingis. Let's hear from him. All right, now, another Lockdown Mavs listener and a Raccoon Squad member, Victor. Victor, what you got for me? Hey, how's it going, Nick? Uh, man, it's it feels like the season's been like 40 games long thus far. It feels like a trudge, man. Um you're not, enjoy- you're not enjoying the season so far. I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving Luca so far. Uh, he, he's been, he's moved everything up. He's, uh, he's gotten better. He's the mid range game has looked phenomenal this entire year. Um, he's, his numbers keep picking up. The team is, you know, coming together after the whole COVID scare. But I wasn't expecting to get hit as bad with this as we did. Um. It's been pretty wild. I, I've I've not seen as many teams get hit by this yet, right? Like you look at a team like the Jazz, right? The Jazz kind of they already kind of went through it when the league first shut down, and so they haven't really gone through it as bad, and uh, they're definitely benefiting from it. And there's other teams that just you haven't seen them go through. Every team, every team it seems like has gone through it in some way, shape, or form. In one way or another, right? Yeah. What did you expect from this match, like this season? What did you expect going in? Did you expect them to be top five in the West? Playoff team, not a playoff team? What did you think? Coming into the season, um, I had not lofty, but I had realistic expectations. I expected us to at least be able to capture a top four seed. I would have been satisfied with a long second round playoff series and with our guys, with with KP, at least for a majority of the season, if he's available, looking like New York KP, um, and we've maybe gotten like a, maybe three, four good games out of like what we expected out of Kristaps so far, and it's kind of been disappointing. And I, I don't want to be too harsh on my guy because I I'm, I like him, I love him, but it's just. I don't know how much longer we we really have to wait until we have to cash in our chips and get what we can get for whatever. Yeah, interesting. So you're con- you're concerned mostly with KP about his consistency, and you're thinking it's a it's time to trade him or not? Are you still holding on to hope? I'm I'm still going to hold on to a little bit of hope for two reasons because I feel like I feel like he I feel like he's really close to turning a corner, but I feel like his confidence is a little. Is a little fragile, like it's easily breakable at this point. If something is not making it stronger, say it, Victor. <laughs> say he's soft, Victor. It's not as strong as it needs to be. His will needs to be a little bit stronger, and I'm, I'm just not a fan. I thought he had a lot more bark in him in New York, and and it's just, and I'm not seeing a lot as much bark as I expected, man. The weird thing is, we've seen that bark though, right? Like we've seen him; it just doesn't come out in his play, right? Like we've seen him that game where he got ejected in the playoffs, right? We've seen yeah, him step great. up to guys, and we've seen he'll come to somebody's defense, he'll come to Luca's defense, but man, like come to your own defense, right? Like that—that's yeah. where I am, kind of with him a little bit. I, I feel like people who are undersized like a little it kind of reminds me a little bit early on in Dirk's career the undersized defenders are way too comfortable with it 
Mm. They have no right to be that comfortable with Kid Key. Um, I get that you're not the biggest guy and you don't have all that core strength that you would need for back to the basket, but your front-facing game should be a little bit better than that. Your in-between needs to be a little bit better to handle those mismatches, and those mismatches still kind of hurt him a la a young Dirk. And that's going to impede a lot of the progress that we need to make as a team. But unlike Young Dirk, he doesn't have the precision. It feels like he doesn't have like yeah. the you know he doesn't he doesn't get he doesn't to have his... a lot of poise. It, yeah. it, it, it looks like he rushes to do a lot of things to me. Um, and Dirk kind of just took his time. There was no rushing Dirk. He knows where the double teams are coming from, and KP still keeps the ball real low. And it's a lot of small things that he does that kind of make him make it look worse than things actually are. I I, I don't know what we need out of him. I don't know who needs to talk to him, but I don't know. I don't want to throw him away and he all of a sudden transforms into what we needed and then we didn't get nothing back for it, but I don't know. Yeah, because right now is probably not a good time to trade. Like, you're probably not trading high, like like selling high on Porzingis right now if you try to trade him, right? At all. At all. Which is weird. What do you think is Chris Ops Porzingis' ceiling? What do you think in his career, what can he get to? Is he an MVP type guy? Can he get to an All Star? Can he be All NBA? Is he a fringe All Star? Uh, at this point, I think it's going to take a, a really nice string of maybe two good seasons in for him to get back to his All NBA top fifteen form because that's what we're really talking about. When you're All NBA player, you're really in discussion for a top fifteen player. So it's going to take like two consistent years of. 25 and 12 and three numbers for him to even be considered right there because for a long time I considered him in the same realm with Joel and Kat and he's been leapfrogged by at least Jokic and he's fallen down a bit from those other guys so it's kind of difficult so at this point I think he's maybe a fringe all-star maybe he's like the the uh, big man version of Monte Ellis for the next four, Ooh, for the next four years. Hold on, hold on. We come, on <laughs> we come back to he's the big man version of Monte Ellis. <laughs> I mean, Monte Ellis was good. Like Monte Ellis have exactly. it all, but Monte Ellis have it all. Monte Ball have it all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but I think he's. I love that quote. I, I think he's going to be on the fringe for at, at, until at least he can give me in an 82 game season until he can at least give me like. 68 to 70 something games I, I think he's gonna be on the fringe it comes down to health for a lot for a lot of this but now that he's he's back and we hope he's 100 percent healthy uh it's from coming from him it sounded like he was even before he started playing so you got to take him at his word and say all right if he's 100 percent healthy and this is what he's looking like I'm, I'm concerned right we're concerned about the defense the offense is inconsistent with him playing this way and the way that the Mavs are playing right now what's the Mavs ceiling what can the Mavs get to this year? Are they a top five West team? Are they a playoff team? I, I think our ceiling, if everything, that means if everything goes right and we play like just above 500 ball, like five, five fifty. I mean 55%, winning 55% of our games, I think we can maybe get to the sixth seed. And I think that would be – a pretty solid matchup depending on who might be there as long as it's not the Clippers or the Lakers. Oh, you don't think they could take they could take the Clippers this year? This the Clippers this year don't scare me as much as they did last year. I mean last year they didn't scare me at all to be quite honest. It was only the Lakers that scared me. Um but the Clippers, you know, they didn't fix any of their problems to me. Uh they needed a playmaker. They still don't have that. Um they 
Barry Lou Williams on the bench. They really don't have a facilitator. I mean, they're playing a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to work in the playoffs. But, um, yeah, I think we can get to the 16, depending on the matchup. We could advance, but I'm not expecting an advancement I'm in the playoffs, making the playoffs this year. 16 is like four games. The Mavs are like four games back from 16. It's, that's not like a ridiculous thing for you to say, I don't think. They're, they can, yeah. they're in striking distance. That like five to – or even four to – I don't know. That 4 to 13 <laughs> stretch in the West is only separated by about 5 games. It's only a handful of games, it's right? It's wild. Yeah, so it, it's it's a very possible thing. Um so it's it's very tangible. So with the way Lucas playing, you know, hit the it looks like the 3 is look is finally starting to fall for him in these last few games. Um so hopefully everything comes together. Josh Richardson gets a little bit better. Everybody that comes back from the COVID is getting their wind back. So hopefully we can these tight games can start falling in our direction and we can string some more wins together. Interesting. All right, Victor, thanks so much for jumping on and uh, letting your voice be heard. Thanks for listening to the pod. Thank you for having me, Nick. All right, now welcome in our next listener, Lockdown Mavs listener, the Raccoon Squad member, Jennifer Graham. We're trying, Jennifer. Jennifer, what's up with, with the Dallas Mavericks? And what did you expect from them going into this season? I think just consistent gameplay the whole game, not just a few quarters. And I feel that's really been hurting us, especially lately. Just inconsistent gameplay. The inconsistency is tough, right? Because they're rotating guys or changing the rotation guys have been in and out do you think it's more the consistency do you think it's more about the guys missing or do you think it's about guys just not being able to play uh, is it about guys getting rotated out or changing the rotations or is it about just the guys that have been missing due to covid or injury i think it's both you know at the beginning we had so many guys out due to the covid protocols and injury and then once they started coming back, just getting into a rhythm with who was available at the time to play good ball. Yeah, that, that was, that's been really, really tough. What's been uh, what's been your favorite part of the season so far? Hmm. There's been so many, but of course, Luca and just all the records and things he's been doing and other guys stepping up to fill in the holes when guys have been out and just trying to make the most of the cards that we've been dealt. Luca's something else, isn't he? He just yes. he can just take nothing and turn it into something. It's a, it's incredible what he can do on a on a court. Have you ever seen him in person yet? No, I hope to soon. Yeah, whenever they allow fans or anything like that, it's definitely got to be high on the list. What did what was your expectations for Porzingis going into this season? I think just to do the things we've set out for him to do and what we got him for, and I know it was hard at first coming back from that injury and just getting back into his rhythm and playing that the way we know he can play. What's the way we know he can play? What's his ceiling? Like, what do you think Porzingis is capable of? Oh, hmm. That's a good one. Um, you think he could be an all-star? Do you think he could be an MVP? Do you think that he's got to be the third option on a championship team? Like, what's his ceiling for you? I really think he could be that third option and 
he could be the defense that we need. But of course, you know, he's got things he needs to work on with just going out there and giving 110% and not being afraid. And I think he could also be MVP and all-star material and he's got the potential. He just, I think again, his injury, you know, getting into that. That's tough. You know, rhythm and, and I think also finding out his role, you know, what he knows he's capable of and just getting himself back to where he was and playing all around ball, not just shooting threes and, you know, things like that. Do you get frustrated when he takes a bunch of threes? It sounds like that's a, a point of contention for you. Yeah, especially when he's been cold. And not just him, a lot of our guys just shooting up threes when we've been struggling to make them. So is that what makes you yell at the what makes you yell at the TV for the like when you're watching the maps? Shooting up threes when we haven't been making them. <laughs> They're just on a cold streak and they just keep jacking up threes. And what do you yell at the TV? Anything you can oh. say on the anything you can say on the pod? Go for two because a lot of. <laughs> A lot of times when they're shooting up threes, all we need is two points. And they just keep jacking them up. What do you think is yeah. the ceiling for this Mavericks team now? Now that you've seen them, now that you've seen what they've what they've gone through, what do you think the Mavericks are capable of? You know, top yeah, five would, in the West. Do you think that they can win a playoff series? Do you think they're not a playoff team? What do you think right now? I mean, I really believe in them to make the playoffs, and I know they can go far. They just have to believe in themselves and play consistently and play the way we know they can play and show the league that yes we've you know had our ups and downs but we've come to win we all need to believe in ourselves every once in a while right yes 100 <laughs> percent. jennifer thanks so much for jumping on lockdown maps all right thank you we will be back tomorrow with another Locked On Mavs episode. Everybody, please stay safe out there if you are dealing with this. Uh, just hope that everybody's doing okay. Hope that Isaac is doing okay. Actually, I haven't heard from him in a little while, so I'm going to go check out my boy. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Peace out. Boom. Basketball? Does Nikolaj even like basketball? Oh, he loves to get your head in the game number from High School Musical. I haven't seen it, but I know that's not the same. Look at them. Does it seem like he's actually enjoying this? Four fingers!